Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is staying calm in the midst of crisis. Put on your running shoes or grab your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this particular topic was chosen because it's personal. You are in the midst of moving, changing yes. total houses in the middle of all the other one thing and another that's going on in the world right now. Yep. As a reminder, if you're listening to this in the future, it is May of 2020. We are still squarely in the middle of a stay-at-home order in a pandemic. Yep. So on top of all that, on top of being a pastor to a fairly decent-sized congregation, you are now adding stress. So Mm -hmm. how are you coping? Carefully. Sure. And some days not as well as I would hope, right? I think that's inevitable. Yeah, you're human. I'm sorry to say. I know, it's really rude. (laughs) Not that you said it, but that it's true. I think... The hard stuff is all the logistics and keeping logistics in mind because it's really easy for me to overfunction in general. Okay. At the same time, right now, in a lot of ways, that's necessary because we can't have help. We can't have friends come over and help us move. We can't have friends drop food off for us. You know, all the kinds of things that we think about how this pandemic has influenced and changed the way things happen. It's a lot harder to find a restaurant that's open. Sure. And while we want to be supporting local restaurants in the suburbs out here where I'm at, many of the small local restaurants have flat out closed and are just not open at all. So unless we want to drive into the city... Which presents its own issues. Yep. And we don't really have the time because we're both also still working full time with 40, 50 hour a week positions, which we're incredibly grateful for. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And it creates the kind of challenges of, well, we packed all of the tea, but I really need tea, but I ran out a day sooner than I thought I would. So do I actually go to Starbucks and risk the virus? Right. So it's these little things. And the thing of it is, is that I could keep it focused about me and how hard it is for me, but it just opens up that perspective of this is how so much of our world is functioning right now. This is how much of our community is having to find their way in this time, this kind of challenge and underlying stress and difficulty. And it's highlighted that for me in a big way. Do you find that the coping mechanisms that you used to rely on are failing you or have you found new ones? Where are you in that perspective? In some ways, some of the stuff has remained solid. So weekly therapy continues to be a gift. And what I would say to anyone who is feeling overwhelmed right now, which is most of us, that if you have access, if you can reach out for teletherapy appointments, do it. If you are employed, check if your benefits will allow you some time with someone, anything to give you that place and space to say everything is really hard and I feel overwhelmed. It's a gift. Sure. So that is still holding strong for me. The other coping skills, some of it isn't working so great. Like oftentimes it would be taking 20 minutes to just be completely alone. Well, those of us (laughs) who are sheltering together. Right? 
Yeah, and you packed your tea, so there goes that particular ritual. Right. Uh, Singing. Not only is it awkward to sing in the house with your family around, sing loudly in the house with your family around, but can't go outside and do it because now we've heard how dangerous singing is for other people around you. So, and I've been on vocal rest for months anyway, because I got sick early in the year. So that's kind of out. So there's a whole lot of stuff that has kind of gone by the wayside. What has come in has been guided meditation. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have absolutely found a couple of different guided meditation apps And they are like a whoopee blanket for adult me. (laughs) And I, after a couple of months of using them, it's such an incredible gift to have those handy. Now they put me to sleep. I'll be honest that most of the time. But isn't that a good thing, especially for certain people who deal with insomnia issues? Exactly. For someone like myself who it used to take three hours to fall asleep and then I would wake up and be awake for another two hours at a time, having them, I can fall asleep within eight to 10 minutes. Wow. So I think that that just trying to continue to find new mechanisms and new opportunities and new ways of doing things is something for all of us to kind of pay attention to in this time. It's highlighted for me right now, but it's good for all of us. Excellent. Okay, so have you found yourself leaning into your faith more one way or another? Either you probably don't have time to read any Bible (laughs) passages more, but are you reciting them as a mantra or anything like that? Hymnody is certainly helping. Okay. Right, so I have been using hymns for my 20 seconds of hand washing Uh since this began, and so... I have sung Be Thou My Vision so many times in my head because that's one of my nearest and dearest hymns. And so leaning into Be Thou My Vision, leading into a piece called Nada Te Torbe, which is Nada Te Torbe, Nada Te Espante, Quiena Dios Tiene, Nada La Falta. Uh, So nothing can harm you, nothing can trouble. Whoever has God lacks for nothing. And that's a piece that I sang in Nicaragua when I was standing on the hill overlooking Managua and watched the fires start to burn in the dumps and tried to fathom how this disparity could exist in the world. And I'll say that as someone who's moving in this time, there's a huge amount of internal wrestling with privilege and abundance and all of the things that come from the downsides of our culture that I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity to have this chance. And it's also convicting in a lot of ways. And so it's, there's that conflict too. And so, you know, singing this piece that I sang as I watched the dumps burn in Managua, it kind of holds that tension of how do we even understand how this world works in the ways that it does. And it is both promise that God is enough and it will be okay. And it is conviction that there is still so much work to be done. So my faith really through that has really been present. In the last week, we had Psalm 23 as our psalm for the scripture last week. And remind people what Psalm 23 is. That's the Lord is my shepherd. Okay. Psalm. We did actually do a podcast on it. If you want to go look at that as well. Oh, there we go. Nice. So... There was a 
church somewhere that had a video piece of a woman, you know, those videos they've done for a while on YouTube where it's just the cards that they're flipping sure, and telling their story. And it was this woman with uh, Psalm 23 and me and Psalm 23 was written in red on the cards and me, the stuff from her was written in black. Okay. And she had a conversation with the Psalm through those cards and it was one of the most powerful presentations of that psalm I have ever experienced. And I've watched that probably at least three to four times, which is saying something in the amount of time that I have. And one of the pieces that is catching is this whole image of he makes me lie down. And her response to that was, you can't catch me. And but this article and this article and that article and I'm feeling dizzy. And that very much reality of getting caught in the cycle of all the things and the consistent voice back of, he makes me lie down, lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And it almost taps back into that guided meditation kind of piece sure of okay take a deep breath remember where you are remember whose you are remember the promises there's so much work to be done and lie down rest that has been in this week this final week as everything because i'm trying to plan a move and trying to make sure the congregational meeting goes well and trying to make sure worship is set for this week and for next week while i'm on vacation and it's extra. trying to make it all happen it's like a lot of extra it's super extra and so this image from last week of he makes me lie down my shoulders will just drop and it's an incredible gift We'll link that video on Absolutely. our podcast page and share it on the Facebook page. In the middle of all this, that was already feeling overscheduled with extra meetings and this, that, and the other. Do you find yourself relying more on a calendar or less on a calendar? Is that one of your ways to sort of feel like you're in control and on top of things? Or is that not a mechanism for you? So on my cell phone, the one of the first pages, one of the main pages has my Google calendar in like agenda form. Okay. So I have every single day, I know exactly what meetings I'm supposed to go to. And I rely on that always every day before the pandemic. I don't always know what day it is. And I don't always know what date it is. And I don't always even know what month we're in. You are not alone. <laughs> but... I know that my next appointment is at 1.30 this afternoon. And so I have between now and 1.30 to get, you know, something from these 10 tasks accomplished. So the calendar in that sense, that online digital calendar matters. What started to hit for us in our household was because we don't know what day it is and because things are moving and squishing together so much, we actually finally took the giant post-it notes that I thought were going to write my dissertation for me were too big to pack in one of the boxes. And so they were still out. So I ended up pulling out the giant post-it notes and putting them on the blank empty table. So we wouldn't put anything back on the table. And I put the day of the week on top of them. Uh-huh. And then I took some more post-it notes I found and put the meals that we still have the ingredients and the pots and pans and dishes still available to be able to eat off of. Sure. And I put those on blue stickies to be able to put on the days of the week 
so we would know what we could eat when and that we wouldn't pack like the skillet so that we could actually cook. Sure. Or all of the plates so that we could actually have something to eat on. And then, oh, the items that were left to pack that needed to be packed before the movers came and put those on another sticky and move from day to day if they didn't get done on a day. And then when that day is done, we throw that post-it and any of the other completed post-its away. And so we you put, don't get confused. Yeah. And we put the last day, like, this is when we're moving our computers. This is when we're moving the animals. And we decided we're calling home wherever the pets are sleeping. Oh, interesting. Okay. So right now this is still home because this is where the pets are. As of whatever day we finally do the move, that's when we move the pets. And that's when the other house becomes home. I gotta say, I love this post-it note idea. I have been out of the house more than I have in the past with my family being home more. And as much as I love digital communication, and I will even call my daughter from within the house so we're not shouting, (laughs) the thought of leaving her a tangible, physical, handwritten something... I adore that idea and I'm going to happily adopt that. Yeah. And the other thing that we've started doing, because again, it just feels so overwhelming and we've been working, I've been working really hard, especially because we're in a pandemic to pack in such a way. And folks should know I've packed a lot. I've moved a lot in my life. Six years is the longest I've ever lived at a single address in my entire lifetime. Nice. So I planned the packing so that the house would still sound and feel like we were living here up until these last couple of days. So everything hidden in drawers would get packed. Sure. Everything hidden in cabinets, the closets and all those kind of the hidden spaces would all get packed before the stuff came off the walls, before the stuff came off of bookshelves in the main living spaces, right? So the sound of the house and everything would remain mostly the same. But what that did is it left like, wait, did I finish that closet? So I started taking post-it notes and putting post-it notes on any closed thing that was empty. So closets, cabinets, drawers, all of that gets a post-it when it's empty. And then on the other side, I'll take the post-it off once I've cleaned it. Oh, sure. So that I know when I've fully cleaned the house and I'm done with all the hidden areas as well. So. Because our brains are Swiss cheese right now. Absolutely. Remembering that kind of stuff, there's no way to keep it in a brain. And there's no way even to keep a piece of paper that is going to have those kind of details everywhere. It's just not going to happen. So admittedly today, walking into the kitchen, which is now a sea of post-it note <laughs> cabinets. <laughs> sure. With like four of them that are still have like the pantry in them that I'll be packing while the movers are here. That it would probably be easier and less shocking to the system to put the post-it notes on what's left to do now. Sure. (laughs) But then I lose the cleaning thing. Some got to give somewhere down the line. Right. But it's coping. It's all about coping and being as gentle with ourselves as we can be, both in a time of pandemic, but just in any time of stress in general. These kinds of writing everything down actually harked back to Tristan and I, our first fight in our marriage was about planning our wedding. And we actually fought about how we were going to plan our wedding until we finally got out a whiteboard and started writing things tangibly down so we could see them 
And we were starting to fight about the move because he wants to help. But I kept telling him, no, you can't pack that. No, you can't pack that. No, that's not ready to pack yet. Oh, <sighs> it's so hard. Right. And so we started, he's like, I just want to do something. And we weren't yelling. That's making it bigger. But it, we were clearly talking past each other and both had best intentions, but weren't able to communicate well. Sure. And so that's when I got out the post-its to say, okay, let's put this down so we can both see it and it'll be all right. It's helped. Excellent. Okay. Because you're moving, we're going to keep this one fairly short. Yep. My last question to you is, what's your favorite mechanism? And I'm wondering right now if it's post-it notes. Post-it notes are my <laughs> coping skill of choice right now. <laughs> they are critical to maintaining some semblance and pretense. I think it's vastly pretense of order. But yeah, the post-it notes are really helpful. And it doesn't damage any surface. Yeah, so. I'm loving the mental image I have of you in your house with post-it notes all around you, anywhere, kitchen sink, bathroom, and then yep. singing hymns as you wash your hands. <laughs> it's very, very, very accurate. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about coping in the time of stress. I look forward to sitting down with you another week when you're not moving on a new topic. Indeed. And thank you all so much for joining us today. I hope that maybe some of these things have given some food for thought. May your faith in moments of great challenge be a place of balm and may post-its bless your organization. <laughs> Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.